Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. I um, just real quick, I want to second what what Cindy said this morning uh, about our our friends here at Christ the King. It is just such a joy. Obviously, they're our hosts, and they open their doors and allow us to be here, which in and of itself is pretty awesome. Uh, but they also do partner with us in ministry. It was actually about eight hundred pounds of food. There's six hundred pounds they collected over the month of December on a food drive that they gave to us to distribute. But then Thursday morning. We, uh, we brought all that up, and then three ladies from their church showed up with another whole van full of food, another couple hundred pounds that they had collected separately for us. And so uh, when Michael and our, our afternoon team came in, they didn't know what to do. We had so much food, but that's never a bad problem. It was all uh, non-perishable stuff, so we can uh, stock it up for the weeks ahead. But uh, I am just blessed by those guys and their partnership. I also want to mention this to you, that today is the first day that there's actually going to be a third congregation meeting here in this building at four every, af- every Sunday afternoon. I think it's four. Every Sunday afternoon, there is a Spanish-speaking church that's going to begin meeting here. And I just, what a deal, man. That is just such a great thing uh, that we can all, and, we, and we'll, we'll, do something together and partner with them as well. But it's just a blessing to be able to be part of the community of Christ here in this community, not just our church, but part of the, the greater community. So I'm, I'm blessed by that. Uh, today we're getting back into our studying the gospel of Luke. We took a little break. We've been in Luke for a few months, and then we took time out for Advent, four weeks in Advent. And then last Sunday, if you weren't here, I kind of took a look back at some of what happened over the year uh, that we just ended and look forward into what we hope to see happen this year. I think it's going to be a fun year for us. Uh, so if you didn't, uh, weren't here for that, you might want to listen to that on podcast. But then today we're going to get back into Luke. Uh, I don't know how much longer we'll be in Luke. I hope uh, it'll, be, it'll be a few more months, but maybe not too much longer. Uh, later in this year, I'll just give you a little, uh, a little teaser. But I, I have been impressed by, I've been, I've been reading in and, and reading about the book of Ruth, the Old Testament book of Ruth. And so later in the year, we're going to go through a study in the book of Ruth. And I think it has amazingly uh, some profound things to say about uh, the world we live in today. So we'll be doing that. But in the meantime, we'll, uh, we'll continue in Luke. I think it's fitting today. The, it just happened, the passage that we're on, the next passage in Luke that we would be at naturally is about prayer. And I, th- I felt like it was a great place to start the year talking about prayer today. Uh, you know, we make, not everybody, but many of us probably make resolutions, New Year's resolutions. This is something I want to do, something I want to change, something I want to be better at this year. And I just thought, wow, what if we all said, I want to pray more this year? You don't even have to put any definition on that. Just say, I want to pray more this year than I did last year, whatever that looks like for you. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of what that might look like today for different ones of us, but just uh, just pray. So the passage is Luke uh, uh, 11, 1 through 4. I want to try to read that together. 
there it goes. Look, man, that's technology is amazing. Uh, Especially because I know nothing about it. I don't know how it works. I, I this, you know, I mean, it just shows up. It does the thing. So it's good. Uh, so, uh, oh wait, but now we're behind. I got to go back. Look, see, look at you. The technology's not that great. It's not even here. Oh <laughs> uh, no! I want to figure this out. I know, I don't know how. Um, okay. Going backwards. I'm trying to find the passage. I'm getting closer, getting closer, but it, then it disappears. I found it. You don't need to clap. It wasn't that great. Uh, here's a passage this morning from Luke 11, just like it was always there. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Uh, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So just parenthetically here, the disciples came and asked Jesus to teach them to pray because they saw him praying. They watched his prayer life and observed it, and they, they really grasped on to the fact that he's got a hold of something, and we want what that is. Teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give each of us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. So the uh, version of this prayer is a little bit short, a little bit different in Luke than it is in Matthew. But that's our title this morning is, uh, teach us to pray. Let's go ahead and uh, pray. Father, thanks so much for your word and just uh, your, your willingness to open our hearts by your spirit and just receive from you. I do pray that in the, in the days and weeks and months ahead as we look into this new year, that you would stir us uh, for more prayer in our lives and that you would stir us f- with a greater awareness of your kingdom uh, throughout our day, in our, in our regular interactions and in all that we do, that we would be conscious and, and mindful of the kingdom of God with us wherever we go, and that we might be ambassadors for Christ, that we might represent you uh, in all that we do and all that we say and all that we are. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so the next technology uh, miracle we're gonna try this morning is I, I'm, gonna show, I'm gonna start the, the message this morning with a little video clip. I think you'll enjoy this if we can get it to work. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad, you know. You're telling me Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace and many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh... Dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laying at our t- 
table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen oh greg that was lovely thank you greg that was interesting too <laughs> there you go yeah uh, i love that de niro is he's always a you know he's a tough guy he's such a great tough guy he's so funny he's, he's hilarious but i i i don't know about you you can kind of feel uh greg's pain there a little bit it's it's awkward learning to pray it's it's hard. You you feel like there's a need to use certain words. Uh, you need to change your voice. Uh, you know you might need to speak in King James English, uh, and you kind of get into this performance thing. And I think that's common to all of us. We 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 feel that especially uh, when you're first learning to pray when you, when it's a, a new thing to you. There's also you, you notice there's certain customs that sort of surround prayer. Uh, they in, the, in this little clip there, they fold their hands before they pray. Does anybody else do that? Anybody fold your hands before you pray? Sometimes, yeah. Probably some of us have been around for a while. We do that. Why do we do that? No one knows. It's not in the Bible. You know, close your eyes when you pray. How many of us close our eyes when we pray? Everybody does. Why? Why do we do that? That's not in the Bible. We when we when we pray, when we teach people to learn to pray for others for ministry time here we we teach them specifically to pray with your eyes open so you can see what God's doing. But very often, most of us, when we're just praying in a group or whatever, <coughs> we'll close our eyes. But there's no purpose for that. Those are just customs that sort of have been built into prayer in general, uh, not, none of which have any real foundation in Scripture. And the point is that prayer can become somewhat formulaic. There's sort of a pattern and a formula that we follow. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, how many of us memorize the Lord's Prayer as a child? Almost everybody. And, and I found this, that there are people who don't go to church uh, and have little or no uh, you know, connection with God whatsoever, but somewhere, somehow, back in, in their life, they memorize that prayer and they still know it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to memorize prayers. That's been a part of uh, the life of the, the people of God from the very beginning. In the Old Testament, they did that as well. This, this is called the Shema, and it was a prayer that the people of Israel spoke uh, corporately uh, back early in the history of God's people. It's a beautiful prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It's a beautiful prayer. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a, a, a gorgeous prayer. So there's nothing wrong with memorizing prayer or having patterns of prayer like that, but it can't end there. If that's the end of our prayer life, will fall short of really being able to connect with God in a very authentic way. Um, 
And we can't, we can't allow ourselves to reduce prayer to simply a formula for this reason alone, uh, that prayer is a relationship. And in a relationship, uh, we, we can't be completely formulaic. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, you know, hey, teach us to pray. Um, and it's interesting, his response. It's not very long. He gives them this sort of pattern for prayer. And we'll talk about that later on. But you'll notice he doesn't use a whole lot of flowery language the way that our friend in the video did. You know, he doesn't say, Holy Father, Almighty, uh, Omnipotent, Omnipresent, Eternal God, uh, in the heavens of heavens, Creator of all the earth. He doesn't say that. He just says, Father. Father. Prayer really uh, should be hopefully a natural response that just flows out, out of who we are. I, I would encourage you to talk to God maybe like you talk to your friend. You know, say, uh, what's up, dude? I don't know if you say what's up, dude. But, uh, but I think it's okay, it's not disrespectful to use ordinary language when you pray. Okay, it's not disrespectful to use ordinary language when you're praying. God is not impressed with big words. Some people might be, but God is not. Um, I would say this too. It's okay to schedule time for prayer. Uh, in the morning, you know, when, when you wake up, some people like to pray uh, when, they, when they first wake up. That's your, your best time of the day. Some people pl- pray uh, at night before you go to sleep. That, that's okay. Uh, I like to pray when I'm driving. Uh, to me, driving is... Uh, sort of wasted time in a sense. And sometimes I listen to the radio or music. Sometimes I'll listen to uh, a podcast or something, but sometimes I'll just shut it all off and just use that time to, to pray. Those, those are all good things because in a relationship, you do that. In a relationship, you do plan things, right? You schedule date night. You schedule dinner together this week. Friday night, we'll both be home. And we'll have dinner together. You schedule those things because if you don't schedule those things, chances are they won't happen. And time in life just sort of fills up and gets away, with, away from you. And that same thing can, can happen in, in, our, in our prayer life. But here's the thing. In a relationship, sometimes you don't have a plan. You don't have an agenda. You just talk. You just talk. Uh, you know, I, if, you, if you're going to, you know, say you're going to go out for a beer with a friend, you probably don't have a list of things. And you show up at the, at the pub and you sit down and you go, okay, here's what I'd like to talk about tonight. Now, yeah, there may be an occasion where you do that, but generally speaking, it's much more casual than that. You go and you hang out and you talk and it's informal, but it's, but it's, it's honest. You're with someone that you trust and you value their, their, their relationship, their input in your life. So you might talk about your feelings. You might, you might share, you know, I'm upset with my boss or this is a hard thing in my life right now or I'm, I'm kind of af- afraid of what might be happening down the road here. So you, you open your heart up and you just share what's there. And prayer is like that. It doesn't have to be uh, a long, drawn-out thing. Sometimes we feel like, you know, you know I've, I've been through this myself, and I've talked to other people who say, well, you know, I, I just can't, I hear these guys say, I pray for 30 minutes, I pray for 60 minutes, I pray for 90 minutes, I pray for two hours. I, I, I struggle to pray for five minutes. That's okay. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out drawn thing at all. Um, I sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, I get on my phone, like, I'll get a little news alert, something pop up that something happened in the world. There's some, something happened. It's usually something bad. 
almost always a disaster. There was a train crash, there was an earthquake in this country, whatever. And when I see those things, uh, I try to make a habit of going, oh Lord, just, gosh, bless those people right now. Would you just intervene, just come and be with the first responders, whatever. And I don't go into 30 minutes of intercession, I just, I see an alert and I take that as an opportunity to spend 15 seconds in prayer for, for those folks. It's a quick thing, but if we develop those patterns in our life, you find you increase your awareness of God and you in, increase your potential to pray more. You can pray anytime, anywhere. You can pray while you're doing the dishes, pray while you're mowing the lawn. I, I like to pray when I'm mowing the lawn. Uh, we have a large uh, yard, so uh, I have a riding lawnmower. Sorry. Uh, but I love to be out there. I've got my, my uh, earmuffs on so I don't damage my hearing any further. And then I got my sunglasses on and I'm cruising around my yard. Uh, and, and sometimes I'm just praying. I usually mow the lawn on Saturday. So I'm thinking about Sunday and thinking about our congregation and about service. And I'm just sort of, you know, casually praying, trying not to run into anything. But, um, it's, it's, a, it's more, my point here is simply that it's more of a casual relationship. Uh, I, I also have, I shared this before, and, and I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to put it on anybody else to do this, but this has been huge for me. Uh, I, I have three alerts on my phone that I set that go off every day. At 7 a.m. every morning, a little thing pops up and says, pray for the day. And at noon every day, a little thing pops up and says, pray for a friend. And then at 5 o'clock every day, a little thing pops up and says, pray for the church. And so when those pop up, uh, that's a reminder to me to do that. And again, I don't go into deep intercession. I spend a minute or so just praying for those things at those moments. And, and, and so that's three times a day I pray that if I didn't have those alerts there, I probably wouldn't, okay? I also started doing something every now and then, not every day, but when it says pray for a friend, I, I don't have anybody in mind. It's just kind of whoever pops in my mind first, whoever I think about, you know, who do you want me to pray about today? And sometimes I'll text that person, go, hey, man, you're on my heart. I'm praying for you today. And I found that to be just a real blessing to people, just that little thing, you know. And again, that wouldn't happen otherwise. Um, so if you do morning devotions, if you pray at night, Keep doing that. Don't stop doing that. Do those things. Those are good. There's scheduled times in your life where you pray. But do remember God is omnipresent and God is immutable. He is everywhere all the time. And you can pray anytime, anywhere. There's no limit on how that can work. Uh, you can pray, like I said, doing the dishes, walking the dog. You can even pray when you're picking up the dog poop, right? Which is we all do that because we're all responsible dog owners. Right? Or in my area, not everybody is, though. Um, here, here's a fun little project. Just pray, pray for people that you encounter, uh, just maybe even the grocery store or where, if you're out for a walk or whatever. Uh, and, and I don't mean you have to stop and say, hey, I want to pray for you right now. Just go, hey, Lord, bless that person. I don't know them. I don't know what's happening in their life, but I just pray you touch them today. Let them, let them know you're real today. Just a quick 10-second prayer. Um, Here's what will happen. I'll tell you what will happen if you do that. It will increase your capacity for compassion and love. You will find yourself to become a more compassionate person by doing that. You will also, it will also increase your awareness of God. You will begin to realize God is with you more than you did before. Uh, here, I'll tell you a story. So years and years ago when I was younger, probably, I don't know, maybe 18 or 19, uh, 
church I was at, one of the pastors was invited to go and teach a four-week class on spiritual gifts at another church in their Sunday morning adult ed class, right? So they have an adult ed, four weeks, and they invited him to come and teach on spiritual gifts. So he said, hey, we want to go with me. So I said, sure, I'll go with you. I'll go, I'll go along for the ride. So that's what we did. So we went to this other church for four weeks, not a vineyard church. I don't remember what kind of church it was. I don't remember much about it. Uh, I remember one thing. This is what I remember. There was a little guy standing by the door every week when we got there. And there was an official greeter inside with the bulletin that said, good morning, welcome, glad you're here, whatever. But the little guy was unofficial. He was an older man, uh, kind of, you know, gray hair, short. Uh, he was kind of funky dude. He had black slacks on that were a little bit too short. You know what I mean? They were kind of floodwater-ish. Black shoes. Tucked his shirt in. Had a tie and a plaid sport coat. And he's standing by the door. And his face is beaming. He's got this big smile and these big eyes. And it's, it, it was almost like he was glowing. And he would just say, hey, good morning, welcome. Hey, good to see you, so glad you're here, welcome. Oh, praise God, thank you, so good to see you, welcome. Oh, man, I'm so glad you're here today. And he was just doing that, doing that. And he, he seemed so happy. So he was there every week. So three weeks I see this guy. The fourth week I'm going... I, I got to know what's up. I, I, I got to get this guy's story. So I went over to him. I go, what's your deal? What, what is your deal? And he said to me, I just pray a little prayer of blessing for every person that goes by and it makes me so happy. I pray a little prayer of blessing for every person that goes by and it makes me so happy. Probably one of the more convicting things that's ever happened in my life to hear that, that guy say that. We pray through uh, situations in our life. We all have decisions that we face. We have challenging situations. We may have challenging relationships or difficult people in our life, whether that's, you know, at work or our neighbors or whatever, who, you know, whatever's happening. But we pray for those things. May, possibly we need direction. We need answers for certain decisions we have to make. We pray through those things. Um, I, I challenge you to consider when you have those things that you're, that you're thinking about and, and, and decisions you have to make to really bring those before God. I, I would also challenge you to not get carried away. And th- here's a little caveat I want to just add today. I don't think anybody does this, but I have encountered people before that do. You don't have to pray over everything. So I'm talking about like, uh, you know, do I wear the green shirt today or the blue shirt today? I mean, stuff like that. Let, let's pray about those things that actually are, are real life issues, not every little detail of life. Uh, and with that, I do want to recommend uh, a great little book. I, I've recommended this before. I know some of you have read it. Uh, if you've not, I, I would highly, highly recommend Practicing His Presence. It says on the cover of this edition, they're one of the greatest pieces of Christian literature of all time. It's really, really true. It really, really is true. I, I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's much more than 100 pages long, uh, and I don't know that I've ever read anything more profound about prayer. Um, it's just a beautiful book, and I would highly recommend that you pick that up. You can get it on Amazon uh, and and just take a couple days and read through it. Um, Luke begins his prayer here with Father. In Matthew, it says, Our Father. Luke, it's his Father. Um, 
and we, we recognize that's a fairly new thing at that point in time. It's not unheard of, but historically from that point backwards in the Old Testament, typically that was not the normal address for God, Father. Uh, it was a new concept introduced by Jesus. Jesus transformed how we pray and how we view prayer and how we see prayer when he said, Father, uh, Matthew 14, Mark 14, he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Uh, Abba is not a Greek word. It's an Aramaic word. Uh, it's an interesting term. It's, it's a very intimate term. So again, we view prayer sometimes formally. Father, to us, is a sort of a formal address. Uh, th- this term is very personal. It's very intimate. Uh, it, it's not disrespectful by any means, but, but it, it really denotes relationship. This is what the uh, Bible dictionary says under that word, Abba. Father, also used as the term of tender endearment by a beloved child, in an affectionate, dependent relationship with their father, daddy, papa. It's a, it's a relational term. It's a highly intimate relational term. Not fearful in any way. It's very, very, very reverent, but very intimate, very close at hand. And I think that is uh, something that can be revolutionary in our understanding of prayer, that God is close. He's near. He's not far off. Uh, Paul uses that same language when he prays. In Romans, he says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And in Galatians, he says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Uh, I want to say something here. So, So... Sometimes in prayer, when we use this kind of a language, we can tend to project uh, feelings of our earthly father into our relationship with God. And I want to say this to you. If your earthly father was not such a great guy, that can be a problem. Because you begin to see God through that lens and it can be a struggle. It can be. It could hinder or even uh, completely shut down your prayer life to be able to think that way. And I think even beyond that, sometimes the father is seen as sort of this distant, far off, sometimes harsh, critical, judgmental sort of guy. It's the whole you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God kind of thing where, you know, he's dangling you over the pit of hell like a spider on a thread kind of thing. You know, thank you, Jonathan Edwards. Um, And my point is we love Jesus, right? You know, Jesus is the good guy. He showed up and saved us. And sometimes it might feel a little bit like, well, he saved us from the Father. But that's not the case. Don't, Don't allow yourself to go down that road. Jesus saved us from the devil. Okay, let's be clear. Uh, he, he did not save us from the Father. Jesus says the Father and I are one. We're the same. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. you see seen me, you've seen the Father. We're the same. 
The Father is every bit as loving, every bit as gracious, every, every bit as close at hand as Jesus. He's just like Jesus. This is what Jesus says. He's praying for us, not them alone being the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that's us, that all of them, us, may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Our relationship with Jesus is predicated by the relationship between him and the Father. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Jesus and the Father are one. He, he loves you. The Father loves you. He has the same level of care and compassion for you that Jesus does. It's, it's, all, it's all connected. It's not disconnected in any way. And when we pray and we pray, Abba, Father, we're praying to a loving God who's close at hand, who wants that relationship with us. He cannot love you any more than he does right now because he loves you with the greatest love that there is this very moment, right here today, now, no matter what. Um, why don't we have the worship team come up? I just want to close with a couple last things. Um, and, and let me say this. Your earthly father may have been negligent or absentee, but your heavenly father is not. He's close by. He's there all the time waiting to hang out with you. He wants to hang out with you. Your earthly father may have abandoned you, but your heavenly father says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Your earthly father may have been very performance-based in his relationship. Love may have been conditional, but the love of your heavenly father is unconditional. You cannot earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn that. When you pray, Father, Abba, Daddy, uh, he's there. He's, he's loving and he's caring. He's listening all the time. And, and here's the last thing. He knows you. He knows everything about you. Here, he knows everything about you. He knows the things that nobody else knows. He knows your deepest, darkest secrets. He knows the very worst thing there is to know about you, and he loves you anyway. That's the reality. Why don't we stand? Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.